Amen. How we doing today? We good? What a faithful God. Why don't you just take a second to remind yourself of the faithfulness of God. Did he not have you up to this point? When you didn't think you were going to make it through, did God still show up? You're still alive today. You're living in the faithfulness of your Heavenly Father. Amen? Amen. Good to see you in church. Can we welcome those watching online, particularly the men of Lansing? Correction, we love you so much. You know, we just found out we are, are now streaming to even more people in Lansing than ever before. So, gentlemen, we love you. We believe in you. And uh, we love that you're a part of our church and church family. Amen. You guys can grab your seats. I'm going to jump right into the message today. Do you know when we were saved, when you gave your heart to Jesus, or maybe for some of you, you came back to faith, you were pretty excited. Uh, you were pretty passionate. You were experiencing the goodness of God, the grace of God, and maybe some weights were lifted off of you. But the truth is, if you have passion or excitement, but you never challenge the process, passion without direction and steps leads to immaturity in believers. That's just a fact. So to take that same passion, but then to break it down with steps to apply truth to your life. In other words, passion with direction, with truth over time, produces real growth. And today we're going to have a message, I think, that's going to speak to your heart of where you really need to grow. And the fact is, if you are alive today, there is still growth for you. None of us have arrived. In fact, we're going to see through the scripture in just a moment. There's a growth curve for every one of us. And it is time for us to mature spiritually. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be immature. Say back to them, I know you are, but what am I? It's a vicious cycle of immaturity. As we've been reading through the Bible and preaching messages based upon our Bible reading plan, by the way, it's never too late to jump in and join us. Uh, we've been in the book of Psalms for a while, but we're going to go to the New Testament today because just a passage of Scripture jumped out to me that I think God wants to speak to the heart of our, of our church. We're going to be in Romans, Romans 11 and Romans 12 today, and I want to speak about mental maturity, how to mature in your mind. I'm not talking about more knowledge. I'm talking about living with more truth. I'm talking about operating in more wisdom. I'm talking about seeing the way that the enemy has stopped you before, and this time, by the grace of God and applied truth, we're not going to go around the same cycle again. We're going to step further in to maturity in Christ. We need to avoid the fatality of your destiny by never addressing your mentality. What stops God's ways from working in my life? It's definitely not the power of the enemy. God's more powerful. It's the process that we don't get ourselves into or stay the course in by allowing God's word to frame our world. In other words, never letting it change our heart and changing our mind. Because you can know the truth, but it won't set you free until you fix it into the soil of your heart. Because you can be saved a long time and never mature. But a changed life with what you want and what you desire and what God destined for you starts with a changed mind. We're changing mindsets today by the grace of God. Can we pray? Come on, those online, let's pray together, everyone in the room. Father God, I thank you that your goodness and grace has got us this far and yet we don't want to, go, want to go through another seven days without stepping more into your purpose, your plan, our potential in Christ. 
So any and every area of our heart and our mind where we are missing it, God, I thank you, you highlight it by your goodness, not the condemnation of the enemy that leads to death, but conviction of the Holy Spirit that leads to change. We do not want to stay the same. We are going to mature in our faith by addressing our mindset today. God, I thank you for your goodness. We thank you as the Chiefs have a preseason game. There are no injuries. We do not wait till the season before we pray. We get ready ahead of time. Total victory is ours in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You thought I would wait till kickoff. We're already started. The Bible says, as a man or woman thinks in their heart, so is he or she. In other words, your mindset ends up being who you are. What you think about yesterday is who you are today. And we cannot change what we thought about yesterday, but what we can change by the grace of God and by the truth of his word is who we're becoming, is our chance to mature. What a sad uh, existence it would be to go every year exactly the same, to fight the same battles, to take the same losses, to still feel stuck. But the truth is that when we allow God's word not just to be something that we know about, but becomes the way that we see the world and we see ourselves in Christ, it begins to change our mindset. It begins to change our way of thinking, and a changed mind will always lead to a changed life. You have a free piece of paper and a pen on your seat. Today, you're gonna wanna use that. That pen, that paper, it's our free gift to you. That little pen, that's not real gold, but you can pretend that it is. You want to take notes because we're going to go really fast, and I do believe that the things that God will say through the Scripture and by the Holy Spirit has the potential, listen, has the potential to forever change your life. Because if you can forever change your mind about some things, God can move you into the forever plan he's prepared for you. We're actually going to start in Romans 11. Romans 11, verse 33. Paul writing to the church in Rome. It says, oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? He's quoting the prophet Isaiah. And who has given God so much that he needs to pay it back? Quoting the book of Job. For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen? 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 Well, when we just read that passage on its own, it says, okay, God's going to do some stuff. How are we ever going to know what it is? But this is where the story doesn't end. After Romans 11, this is some deep wisdom here, comes Romans 12. And so, dear brothers and sisters, Paul says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let your life, let let who you are become a, a living and holy sacrifice. In other words, go all in on everything you got goes to God. This is what he finds acceptable, and it's truly the way to worship him. Verse 2, do not be conformed to the pattern, to the mindset, to the culture, to the mentality of the world. But let God transform you into a new person. How does he do that? by changing the way you think. This is mental maturity. Then if we look at verse 11, or chapter 11, and bring it into 12, verse two, second part of verse two, then you will learn to know God's will, 
which could be called God's purpose, God's plan. You can make it even sound more romantic. God's destiny, God's calling for you. Everything God wants to do through your life starts with a changed mindset, with mental maturity. Because earlier in chapter 11, it's like, who can know the plan of God? No, we have a personal God who's got a personal plan for you. And the will of God says this, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Good, pleasing, and perfect. How many would like a life that is defined by good, by pleasing, and by perfect? In other words, how many want the will of God for your life? We all would say, I want the will of God for, for my life. I want the potential of God to be released. In my time on the earth, whether it's 85, 90 years, I want to make sure that I fulfilled the purpose of heaven that is good, pleasing, and perfect. And Paul says, hey, although his ways are higher than our ways, although there are some mis mysteries to God, if you would change your mindset, it would change your life. You can live out the will of God for your life. Now, I don't know what kind of shopper you are, but I am mostly an online shopper. I don't shop a lot. If I need something, I know that Amazon will bring that to my doorstep in two days now or less, and that's how I do it. But when I do need to go to a store, I'm not there to peruse the aisles. I'm there on a mission. I'm there with a mentality that I'm going for one thing, and I'm gonna get that one thing. Anyone else like me? How many of you like to wander the aisles a little bit, check things out, and buy stuff that you did not come into the store for? That's your own mistake. <laughs> so I went and I wasn't browsing. I went up to the sales guy and I said, hey, I need this, this one thing. In fact, I even said the model number. This is the thing I'm after. This is the thing I need to fulfill what I want to get done for this moment. And he says, you know what? We've got those. And I was like, I know you do, because I looked on Google. I said it was in stock, in store. Don't lie to me. But then he said, but have you thought about this model? And that model was superior to the one I wanted. And he told me why. He says, this will get the job done, but this one does it better. Let me tell you all the things that go along with going with the mega deluxe version of the pathetic thing you wanted. <laughs> Let me show you this bright and shinier, and by the way, much more expensive than the one you wanted. And at first, he almost got me. I was starting to listen. I was like, yeah, I do need that. That does, that is better. You know, maybe it is worth the money. And then I held to my conviction as a man of character and says, thank you for that, but I'll just take here what I came for. Now, the truth is, he's just doing his job. He's adding to the economy. He's adding to his economy. He was upselling me. He had an agenda. He had an agenda, and I wasn't buying it for me. Do you know that everybody has an agenda for your life? Like the truth is, if in your relationship with them, not all of them are even bad, but there's some place you fit in their plan, and therefore you need to be the kind of person that fits according to their plan. That secret agenda that people have. God does not have a secret agenda. He is not trying to bait and switch or upsell you. He has a purpose, a calling, and he has a will for your life that is good, pleasing, and perfect. And although some of his ways are mysterious to us, we might not know the exact parts of our calling, but we do know his character. And the more we know from the word of God who he is, how he works, and how he operates, and by the way, that he's not a respecter of people. If he did it for one, he'll do it for all. 
then we can know that not only does he have a will for my life, but he will reveal his will for my life. But if we never change our mindset, our thinking will never experience it. Remember the parable of the sower. Jesus said, all the seed is going out and the seed ain't bad, the seed is good. It just happens to be where the seed might fall, whether it's gonna produce life, growth, or fruit, or if it's gonna die on the vine or being eaten up. He talks about that seed that goes on the soil that also has the weed and the tares. But the Bible says, when Jesus explains it, that's the cares and concerns and the fears of this world. In other words, that's the way that the world thinks. And so some of you wonder why things begin to grow in your life only to get choked out and never come into fruition or never come into harvest in your life. It's because you've got some ways of thinking that we need to weed out, that God wants to remove from your mentality. And if you want the will of God, good, pleasing, and perfect, you've got to start thinking on the ways of God. You've got to change your thoughts. I sum it all up by saying this. Before God can shine the light on your destiny, he's got to rid your mind of all the darkness. Because nothing happens that is lasting in your life or in your future apart from the renewing of your mind. If your mind and mentality never mature, your calling never comes fully to life. And if you think you've graduated from this, you have not. Every one of us have more growth and more mindset to align with God's way of thinking for us in our future. In fact, that's what Paul says in the very next verse, Romans 12, verse 3. Because the privilege and authority God has given Paul, he says, I want to give you what he calls, I'm going to give you a warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest with your evaluation of yourself. And let's all be honest, we all struggle with thoughts. We all struggle with thoughts of defeat and insecurity. Maybe it's a, a cycle of sin or something that poisons out your potential. And just when you think you've got it all figured out and you know best, you got thoughts of pride and elitism and perfection, that pharisaical part that can live on the inside of us. So Paul says, hey, believer, let me tell you, you just, you just have more work to do. And the work isn't just always what we do out there. It's what we let God do in here and in here. Because the mind, the mind really acts like a hinge. It decides where things go and how we react and respond to the thoughts that we have. So not every thought that you have is bad thought. Not every thought that you have is from the enemy. But some of them are. Not every thought is a God thought. But some of them are. And the more we're unaware of this battle in our mind... The, the more we're just going to allow everything in the culture around us to inundate us with its way of thinking. And, but friend, you might like some of the stuff out in the world, and, and you might like some of the stuff other people have or have access to in their life, but the world and its ways are quickly going away. But those that do the will of God, those that know the will of God, those that live in the truth of God's word are going to build something that's everlasting and something of great significance, and that's what you are called too. So we need this divine mind reset. We need this mental maturity. Why? Because it leads us to God-designed outcomes. Proverbs 4 says, be careful how you think. Or in other words, take careful consideration to what you're actually thinking about because your life is shaped by your thoughts. When you start getting the right thoughts, you start getting the right victory in your life. Have victory over sin. Some of you in sin cycles over and over. 
maybe returning to gossip, maybe returning to lust, maybe returning to insecurity, maybe returning to pride over time. But the more we allow our mindset to change and we get mentally mature, the more we have victory in that place in our life. Even the Apostle Paul struggled with it. He says in Romans 7, passages like this that always remind me, I got more growth to do. I've been pastoring this church, Liz and I, for what, 13 years coming up in a few weeks. 13 years, like, that's an unlucky number, but it's going to be an amazing year. But I, I still have so much growth. He says in Romans 7, I, I love to do God's will. How many would say that? Man, I want to do God's will as far as my, what, my new nature is concerned. In other words, part of the, 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 the saved part of me, the redeemed part of me, loves to do the will of God. But there's something else deep within me. How many just maybe set you free today to know if the Apostle Paul had some something else in your life that maybe, you know what, you're going to have some too. Maybe I have to quit posturing and pretending like I've got it all perfect, but realize God's still working in my potential. It's at war with my mind, and sometimes it even wins the fight. It makes me a slave to the sin within me. In my mind, I want to be God's servant, but instead I find myself sometimes I'm still enslaved to my old way, my old man, my old nature, my old mindset. I'm still enslaved to sin. So here we have the Apostle Paul says, hey, we don't think like the world, but we're in this world, but we're not to be of this world. We need to think with a different way of thinking, and then we can know what the will of God is for our life. Then we can have victory. Then we can have longevity. Then we can have prosperity in our relationships and in our heart and in our life. And this war goes on whether you like it or not. So if you aren't fighting, you're automatically losing. The truth is, if you're not daily addressing your thoughts and your thought patterns, where they come from and what they're leading you to, you're just gonna go succumb to the culture or the pressure of the world around you, and your mind is like a hinge that decides whatever gets your focus gets your future. Whatever grabs a hold of you and gets your attention gets you. And as much as it says, like, okay, well, Apostle Paul struggled with it, then when will I ever have victory? No, victory is yours when truth doesn't become something that you know about, but something you live out. And so when God begins to gain your attention, his way of thinking becomes your mentality. You begin to experience that will, good, pleasing, and perfect plan. And will you be perfect in it? Not at all, because the Apostle Paul wasn't, neither will you be. But can you be perfected through it and become more of who you're called to be in Christ? Absolutely. And I'm here to declare the days of mental maturity when it comes to your spirituality are over. Today, you're going to get an awareness of the battle you're in and how we fight so how we can then have victory in that area of life. We do not have to succumb to the culture around us, but we can be transformed by changing the way that we, changing the way that we think. And then you're going to be experiencing what? Victory over sin. And then you what? Your life will be filled with what? Peace and hope. How many feel like you could use some more peace and hope in your daily life? Romans 8, 6, if your sinful nature controls your mind, there it leads to death. But if the Holy Spirit is in charge, if the Holy Spirit gets on the throne, if the Holy Spirit gets the final say, there is what? Life and peace. So how then do we change if we need to address our mental maturity? The first one is you got to eat every day and you got to stay on a diet that is truth. There's a whole lot of cheap things to eat out there at any given moment to live by the culture of the world, but there is a truth diet for you that always produces who you're supposed to be in Christ. If you don't like where you tip the scale, naturally speaking today, 
there might have been some time in your past when you just ate whatever felt good. And if you don't like your mindset today, if you don't like how you think about yourself or your worth in Christ, if you think that you're always gonna stay stuck or you're a victim, there's probably something you were feasting on in your yesterday that's stealing your faith today. Because what I eat now shows up on the scale in the future. And so what do we learn to eat? We know that healthy food produces a healthy human. The same with truth in your mind. You want a healthy God-honoring mind. You begin to feed on the things of God. And the food pyramid of your faith is at the foundation truth and at the pinnacle apex of it, truth. There's nothing else that you need on the diet but that. And by the way, I have a cheat meal. It's tonight. Sunday night, I eat whatever I like. Multiple parts of whatever I like. Why? Because all day I'm caring for your sins and I'm taking them to the cross. No, just kidding. But it is, it's a high outpouring day for me on Sunday. And so you know what? I go ahead and treat myself on Sunday night. Like, but guess what? Immediately, I feel awful. How many know it satiates for a moment and then you feel like, man, that was a lot of grease and a lot of carbs and a lot of sure, whatever it is. And the next day, I gotta get up and I gotta eat clean again. Your future cannot afford a cheat meal. If you find yourself bumping up against pressure, a high outpouring season, and then you wanna go snack on some things that are sinful, or you wanna go and feast on some things that just make good in your feelings for a moment, guess what? You're gonna go around that same cycle again, and you will never mature mentally into the full potential of who you're called to be in Christ unless you address what am I actually consuming because what you're eating is actually eating you. Jesus said in Matthew 4, in his battle for the beginning of his ministry in the desert, he says, I need more than bread. I can't just eat bread alone. I got to feed on every word of God. And in our culture, we are bombarded with fear. We're bombarded with fake. We're bombarded with the quick fix and the shortcuts. And we're, it tries to steal our attention from the truth so the enemy can stop you from the purpose or the will of God that is good that is pleasing, that is perfect. Everyone tracking with me? Yeah. If I was to write you a check for $100, you may, I don't do checks, you're a Venmo person, whatever. How much is that check worth? $100 check. I'm not, don't factor inflation. Just tell me what, what's it worth? It's $100, okay? That was not a trick question. We need some mental maturity here. It's a $100 check. But in its form, you can't spend it. It's gotta change. It's gotta go through a cycle. It's gotta get into a system so it can actually be of value. It has the same value, but it cannot fulfill potential. That paycheck or, it, it, it has to go through what? A deposit. Before you deposit it, what do you do? You sign it. You validate it. You personally say, I receive this amount. And then you put it somewhere secure, you hand it over to the bank, hopefully our banks are secure, and then you get to spend it when it's on deposit. The same with truth. You can have it, but until you sign it, until you put your name on it, until you say, that's for me. I know it's a gift. I know it's truth from God's word. I know it's real. But until I validate it with my name on it 
and I put it somewhere safe and secure, I will never be able to cash it. I'll never be able to spend it. It's worth a hungy. It's worth a bingy. It has no benefit until it gets into the cycle, until it gets into the system. And some of you are hearing the word of God on just Sunday. And you come and you feast like it's golden corral get all you can eat of the fields of church. But you still are stuck and fractured in places in your life because you have not taken it from here and signed it yourself. And say, I'm going to believe God's promises. I'm not going to take the shortcuts of the world. I'm going to do it the way of God's word. And I'm going to own it for myself. And I'm going to stick it away somewhere secure so when the time comes and I'm ready to use it, it's on supply. I can access it. That's why it says in Philippians 4, whatever is pure, whatever thoughts are lovely, whatever is a good report, think on these things. One translation says, dwell on these things. That the truth isn't something we visit on Sunday, it's where we now live. And this is why you need people in your life that are gonna point out the problems in your life. It's like, hey man, that's kind of gossip, or you're, you're acting defeated right now. Man, you're, you're, you're talking more about everybody else and what they have than than what God is doing with you. Is there some bitterness that's been building in your life? You need some mirrors in your life, and if you don't have one, get one here at church, but the Holy Spirit and God's word will always be that for you. In fact, if you haven't read the Bible and it has messed with you, it happens to me every day that I read it, and I'm a pastor. Just kidding. It should mess with you. And then guess what? It shows you where you're missing it, but then it shows you that in Christ you can fulfill it. And then you take it and the truth begins applied to your life and it begins to change your mind. David said this in Psalm 16, even in the darkest of night, your teachings fill my mind, which is just a good test. What fills your mind on a hard day? What fills your mind in a moment of defeat? What fills your mind when you didn't get the promotion, when the relationship is still stagnant, when you don't know what you're doing? What fills your mind? This is how you know you're maturing in your faith, that what fills your mind when all the world comes attacking, there's something stronger in your character that says, no, I am going to believe what God says about me more than how I feel in this moment. And this is how we don't conform to the ways of the world, that we get transformed by the changing, the changing of our mindset. John verse... John chapter 8, verse 32, then Jesus says, you will what? Know the truth. You won't just read it. You won't just hear it. You've signed it for yourself. You know it's for you. And that kind of truth will set you free. And guys, the more light we're bringing in by the illumination of God's word that's a light into our paths, right? The more we're bringing truth in, the more we're going to start seeing, listen, patterns of problematic thinking. Areas where you've never been able to break through. Fractures in the foundation of our faith that the enemy has set up camp. In any area, listen, any area where you consistently go back to the wrong, the wrong thing that's out of alignment with God's word, the Bible says you have a stronghold in that place. Something has taken hold of you and it's allowed to gain strength. And you will never, you can be all optimistic and excited, but until strongholds are removed, God can't build the higher places in your life. That stronghold steal your in Christ potential. What is a stronghold? It's a lie that you believe that's allowed to live on the inside of you. That's a stronghold. And we all have, and the more truth you get, the more you can see these patterns that hold you back. Maybe it's like, oh, well, my family never has. It's always... I, I never had the chance. It's a, a, a 
family of origin type of issue that you've never broken through. There's probably a stronghold there. And after a couple of good days, you want to give in to lust or give in to what feels good. Uh, you can never get traction or growth in your faith and your spiritual maturity. Friend, there's probably a stronghold in that place. And the light of God's goodness and grace begins to illuminate the areas where God wants you to grow. Never be intimidated by a stronghold because God only reveals it to resolve it. The enemy will bring it up with the condemnation of you'll always be this way. The Holy Spirit will align your heart with say, hey, this is going on in your world. Let me help you change it. Let me help you defeat it. Let me help you tear it down so God can build something better. So what do we start doing? We're feeding on truth constantly, and we start looking for strongholds. What lives in me that needs to change? Instead of posturing yourself in this place of perfection in front of everyone else, that you've got it all together. Friend, guess what? If Paul struggled with places and cycles, all of us do. This is why he said, hey, take a careful examination. Pay attention to what's actually holding you back. Because although you might have strongholds up here to declare today, they're not going to exist any longer. God's going to give you the plan and the path to personally sign it, deposit the truth, and God's going to begin to resolve those issues that you've never been able to break through. And if you would believe it and receive it, you would start seeing it happen in your life. <laughs> Romans 8, verse 5, those who are what? Dominated. You ever feel like that? You just get bombarded by their sinful nature. Think about sinful things. But those who are what? Controlled is the word he used. By the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit, things that please God. The word controlled maybe isn't, maybe isn't um, uh, translated right. The Greek word there is kata, which means what? Consistently obedient to. You will become what you are consistently obedient to. And we always have the voice, the voice of self or the voice of sacrifice. The voice of the world and culture, the voice of Christ in the kingdom culture. And so what you're consistently obedient to doesn't mean that you get it perfect all the time, but you're consistently obedient to what, guess what, it begins to control or help you day in, day out, become who you're called to be. Because the truth is, God cannot force you to do anything. He's given you free will. And so guess what, even how much more so is a non-omnipresent, omniscient, the devil who's not that. He can't control you or force you to do anything. But he makes suggestions in your mind and in your heart that if you do not weed them out, they grow up and they choke out all the fruit. His suggestions can be very powerful. Guess what? He is constantly and continually planting negative thoughts, contrary to Christ and his kingdom thoughts, selfish thoughts. He's always planting them in your mind things that you believe about yourself, things that you say to yourself, irrational fears, questioning the goodness of God. If those kind of thoughts persist in your life, friend, you have a stronghold that God is showing you so they can help you tear it down. 2 Corinthians 10, Paul says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. We got a different way of fighting in the culture of the kingdom. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. It is not flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers, right? Our weapons have a divine power to demolish strongholds, not just get you around them from time to time. No, to remove them permanently from your life. We demolish any argument and any pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. What We take captive every thought and make it obedient 
to Christ. This is warfare language because there is a war for your destiny, your calling, and your purpose. There's a lie that, oh, God doesn't really care. God's not going to be good in that situation. God doesn't really love me. That's a lie. And a lie might be to to kind of just steal your joy for a moment, but more than anything, the more those things are allowed to fester, the more they get a foundation in your life. That's why we gotta demolish these strongholds. And the more you chase pleasure and power and status and wealth and materialism, the more you think thoughts like, I can never forgive myself, or God can never use a person like me. I'm never gonna amount to anything. Friends, those are strongholds that culture loves to keep you on the, 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 the hamster wheel of life, going around and around and never making progress. But when God begins to speak Against the lies of the enemy, he gives you a truth. He's like, yeah, you might have made some mistakes or you might not come for much, but you're still called to very much and you're still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You still have potential and purpose no matter how many times you misalign or misstep. God's grace will put you back, but we cannot keep going in this place. We have to mentally mature by bringing in the truth and letting God show us the stronghold so he can change us through them. He says we take it captive. The Greek word there literally means you conquer it or bring it under your control. So we take an individual thought that pops into your head and we learn how to say, this is not what God's word says about me. This is not God's best for me. This is not God's plan for me. This is a substitute that we'll call it sin, what it really is, from the real thing that God wants to give me. This is a shortcut and I don't want it. And so we take it and we isolate it and then we make it obedient to Christ. The Greek word there for that capture literally means submission. I'm not an MMA fighter guy. That might be something you love. That's great. Really, the reason I never watch is because it's always on Saturday night. I'm too busy praying for you. <laughs> I'm getting ready for Sunday, getting my heart right, getting my, my mind right. So I don't watch it. But I, you know what they do? They, they, they take someone into submission and they make them leave. They make them quit. They hold it down. Sometimes they choke them out. Like how many know you cannot live without air for very long? And before you know this, you're gonna start, listen, there's some places where God wants you to isolate thoughts that have caused insecurity, inferiority, that have caused jealousy, that has caused gossip to spur out, caused bitterness in your life, caused you to question the goodness of God, caused you blaming everyone else, and maybe they had a part to play, but you know what? God has a part to play in changing you and we begin to choke out its source of life, it will come down and it will leave, it will tap out. But you have to learn to control it one by one and not just let it run wild in your life or you're headed towards a stronghold that will hinder your calling and your purpose. Psalms 119 verse 112 says, I have made up my mind. I love this mentality. I'm gonna obey God's ways. I'm gonna go after God forever, no matter what. Will we be perfect in it? Far from it. But this is how God perfects us when we allow our mindset, our mental maturity to grow. How do we do it? We take the thoughts captive and then we keep our focus, not just on the fight that we're in to get rid of those thoughts. No, we stay focused on my freedom, who I really am and what Jesus has already done. I'm coming back to, yeah, this might have existed in my life. I might have fallen for this trick before. I might be stuck in this place but I'm, I'm gonna bring Jesus into the equation. I'm gonna bring the grace of God, not just my own willpower so I can have his will, no. I'm gonna bring God's supernatural power, his grace and forgiveness. I'm gonna focus on my freedom because just because maybe you've lost a battle or two doesn't mean you're gonna lose the war. 
And just because you've won a battle or two doesn't mean you're going to win for the full purpose. This is a, a fight that we are in till the very end. And Christ Jesus has set you free, free from yourself, free from the judgments of others, free from the labels and society tries to put on you. John 8, verse 36, who the sun sets free is truly free. And so I stay focused on what he already has done, knowing that he's still at work producing freedom and victory in my life. 2 Timothy 2, verse 8, keep your mind on Jesus Christ. Not on your own works, your own ability. Yes, you have a part to play, but it's nothing compared to what he already has done, what he is doing, and what he wants to do in your life. Hebrews 12, it says, think about Jesus' example. He held on, even while wicked people did evil things to him. So in the same way, don't get tired and stop trying. Stay the course in what Jesus has already done. And then you start not just thinking about what he's doing, and you start to be a blessing and a builder in other people. Philippians 2 says that don't just think about yourself. You want to grow in maturity? You start thinking about others. Like if you're not a part, like this is a beautiful opportunity for us when it comes to the back to school bash and all the things we do at House of Hope. But every weekend when we serve others, that's why you need to get on a team and get in a group. You should go to Next Steps today. Because if you really want freedom, you start just thinking about God just meeting all your needs. You start to be a need meter to someone else. Friends, that's real maturity. Real maturity doesn't come from decades of following or showing up at church. It comes from day in, day out following Jesus. And one thing I see about Jesus is he was always on a mission and he was always on the move and he always was ready to help somebody else. In the same way, if you won't let your yesterday mistakes or the thoughts that have stopped you up to this point derail you from loving God and loving other people, you will start to see more victory and more freedom in your life. Final one is this, and not only are we gonna love other people as we keep moving forward and focus on our freedom, we're also gonna focus on our forever. That God is on work in something that's bigger than us that he's actually building something that's lasting. This is why you might feel like you failed in a moment, but you did your best and you're gonna give it to God and watch and see Romans 8.28 will become a reality in your life, that he will work all things together for good, that those that love him are called according to his purpose. Liz and I have just made that decision the other day. We're gonna frame our kids' mentality in our home with Romans 8.28, that even when they're disappointed, God's not done. Even when things feel like they're denied or delayed, God's not done yet. That some things haven't worked out yet, he's still at work. And just maybe what he's doing in the delay is developing my character for a greater calling than the thing I thought I needed in the moment. He's trying to get me to become the person that I'm actually called to be for the long run. Colossians 3 verse 2, let heaven fill your thoughts. Don't just think about things here on on earth I'm getting a heavenly mindset some of the things I'm battling through are bigger than me and the fruit of it will last longer than me so when the word like the seed hits the soil of your heart and mind what else is growing with it let's start to get our mental maturity and start weeding out the things that are stealing from the fruit of what your father wants to produce in his good pleasing and perfect will for your life take a moment if I can. You just have to listen in. Romans 11, contrast it with 1 Corinthians 2. Written about a year apart from each other. And 1 Corinthians 2 says, no eye has seen or ear has heard or mind has imagined what God has prepared for those that love him. Just pause it for a moment. You can't even fathom how good your God has already prepared your life to be. Your marriage, 
just making it through, the raising of your kids, your career even, what he's prepared for you. Does it mean that everything is always up into the right? No, we don't live in that world. But heaven's thoughts will keep reminding us that God's prepared something greater for all of us that you can't even fully fathom. But as our minds are renewed, we begin to see the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God become a reality. He goes on to talk about that no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Again, like Romans 11, his ways are higher than our ways. His thought, the way he does things are different than what we, how we would work. But then he says, no one can know but the spirit. But he says, but you have received God's spirit. In other words, that Holy Spirit in you can let you know what God is up to in your situation. If you can quiet all the noise and the lies that used to pollute your mind yesterday that have stopped you today and start listening to the voice of heaven, the Holy Spirit speaking to your situation, you'll begin to not only allow the truth to come flood in your life, and that's what you feast on, but strongholds are coming down. And God's will will prevail in your life. 1 Corinthians 2 says, For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? Sounds a lot like Romans 11. But we understand these things. Why? For we have the mind of Christ. You already have on the inside of you by the Holy Spirit the ability to perceive what the will of God is, the way that God works, the way that he's growing you, the way that he's redeeming you. And you can choose, I'm going to listen to that voice, not all the noise of the culture that's around me. There's a gentleman that was on the plaza service, 10 o'clock service. He's a good friend of mine. I didn't ask for his permission, so I won't share his name. But he's been in a cancer battle for about as long as I've known him. And um, he's had a whole lot of more bad reports than good reports. Um, in fact, I have visited him in the hospital three different times when it was, this is it. This seems like it's it. And um, I would just say that no matter what, he's just stayed faithful and serving God, loving God receive the prayers. He's always so kind to everybody else, even though he's in a crisis literally of his life. And the doctors don't even know how. They don't even know why. He's still alive, but he is. And lately, he's had more good reports than bad reports. He might not just live another 10 days like they thought before. He might go live another 10 years. They don't know. And I don't know why that happens for some and not others, but I'll just say what I do know about him is that I have never seen him respond to a negative report like it was final or it was finished. He is simply, in humility, said, God, I'm going to trust you. And every day, through the doctor's wisdom and through medication, it's all working together. But it's working together for good. He has not come down to what culture said he would experience. He is experiencing something greater. I think it's actually a supernatural healing in the process. And the cancer is still around but it's getting less and less. And I've just seen his countenance and his character and his mindset. No matter what they say, I'm gonna sign on the check of God's word that he's gonna be good to me. And I put it in the bank of my heart and he's been cashing check after check consistently that God's with him, God's for him. What does it matter that's against him? And one day he might die, but he is not dying without a fight. He has fixed his mind on the things above. And he's experiencing life and peace 
and hope now. Friend, I don't know your situation. It might not be as intimidating as cancer, but if it's trying to cancer your God calling, I'm telling you right now, it is a lie from the enemy that doesn't get to live in your mind anymore. It doesn't get to live rent-free. We're going to start cashing some checks of God confidence that he who promised is faithful. And you are not a failure even though you fail. Because of the grace and the mercy of God, you get another shot tomorrow. You get another shot right now. And if you mess up again, guess what? God faithfully shows up again. But what we got to realize is we cannot live in the culture of this world where we just go after everything that we crave. We've got a higher calling that we desire greater than what we've seen before. And we're not going to live down by the principles and the mindset of the miserable world. But on mission to change this world, we're going to believe what God has said about us. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are above and not beneath. You can be the first and not the last. You are overwhelming conqueror already, more than a conqueror. You've been called by God, saved by God, secured by God. You're going to be redeemed by God. Your life can get better and blessed by God if you would start to believe it. So we change our mindset. We don't allow everything to live that's been living there anymore. And we can experience life in its fullness in the here and now. Why don't you stand here? I want to pray for you. Did you guys receive this message today? Are you ready to let your mind be changed so your life can actually grow? The good, pleasing, and perfect will of God is still on the table for you. Father God, I thank you for every heart that's here. Where we've missed it, where we've misaligned, where we've just given in to the culture of this world right now, I think you're calling us out, out of our yesterday. And we're going to start seeing the things that we've allowed to be seated alongside God's word as what they really are, imposters and lies of the enemy. And everything that's been trying to grow to choke out the growth of God's fruit in our life, Lord, I thank you right now, supernaturally, you're weeding it out. Every stronghold has to go. Every mental barrier to breakthrough has to go. Those that have just felt less than or defeated, would you remind them by your Holy Spirit that they're a son and daughter of the Most High God and you are going to be faithful in their situation. Lord, I thank you that as we begin to change our mind by the truth of your word, as strongholds come tumbling down, as we keep focusing on our freedom and the forever plan of God, I thank you you are going to elevate our thinking, therefore change the reality of our life. I thank you that our minds are being renewed, that the word of God, when it hits, it hits good soil. It hits surrender. It hits humility. It hits blessing and favor begins to grow in our life in the mighty name of Jesus. That they would have the voice of the Holy Spirit louder than the culture of this world. And that they would know the, the mind of Christ of what they are called to do and who they are called to become. If you're here in Jesus, it is first in your life then you can't have the mind of Christ. You do not have a heart that is able to receive the things that God wants to grow. You've got to put him first. He has to be the priority. We would call this, this reseating of yourself off the throne of your own heart and putting Jesus in that place. We call this a salvation moment where he, he takes first place. And when he's in first place, he takes all your sin and shame and he nailed it to Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago. And in that place of priority and that place of prominence in your life, he then begins to lead you into all truth and lead your life into the purpose that God created you for. You cannot know God apart from Jesus. And if he's not first in your life, your life is out of order. If you're here today with no one looking around, can we bow our heads and close our eyes and you need to give Jesus first place?
Jesus. If you're here right now and you need to put him, Lord, again over your life, if you've never received the grace of God, trying to figure it out on your own, today is your moment of surrender. And you're going to receive this free gift of his amazing grace. The way we do that, the Bible says, is a declaration of faith. First, you have to believe. But then we pray. We pray a, a, a prayer of surrender. In this moment of surrender, we receive forgiveness. And we receive not just a, a fresh start. We receive a new identity as a son and daughter of God. If you're here and you never put Jesus first in your life, if you're here and you never received his grace, or maybe you have and you've gone your own way, it's time to come back home. But no one looking around, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor God, that's me. I need a fresh start with Jesus. One, there's two, there's three. There's four of you. There's five of you. That's awesome. Six of you. I might miss your hand, but God sees your heart. Maybe that's you online. Maybe that's you at Lansing. Let's get a fresh start today. And let our Heavenly Father go to work and change us and grow us. Can we pray this prayer all together as one family of faith? We can lift up our heads. We can open our eyes. Say this with me. Say, Dear God, Dear God I believe you are good. I believe you are good. You proved it at the cross. You sent your perfect son to take my place. He died for my sin. He buried my shame. He rose again. The same victory that Christ had, I now have. I'm set free from my sin. I'm going after him. Jesus, you're first. From now on, you're priority. I receive your grace. I'm not looking back. I'm going forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we celebrate everybody that prayed that prayer? I love you, church. Love you so much.